Section 8 of A Short Description of Tor Abbey by Hugh Robert Watkin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Moen Gatehouse. The position of this gatehouse is very noticeable. It stands at an angle altogether out of harmony with the rest of the monastical buildings, which are all parallel and in accordance with the orientation of the church. The natural inference is that this gatehouse and the adjoining long building, which occupied the site of foundations shown in the plan, were standing before the canons came into possession of the property in 1196. In the old engraving of 1662, this building is marked as the old gatehouse, whereas the one other of the missing two, although sketched in an impossible position, is called the gatehouse on ye west side of ye abbey, by which is doubtless meant that marked X in the plan. If the artist can be relied upon, the present gatehouse, although the oldest of the three, has therefore outlasted the others. Recent investigation and the evidence of architectural detail show that what we have named the Moen Gatehouse was erected between the years 1310 to 1330, but certainly occupies the exact site of a still older gatehouse, which explains its position. The building covers two entrances, one wide enough for vehicles and a smaller footway. In the first bay of the larger entrance, on the centre keystone of red sandstone, are the arms of Tor Abbey, a chevron between three pastoral staves. Oliver tells us that these were formerly mistaken for 999. In the second bay is the simple device of the founder, William Brewer, described in heraldry as ghouls with two bends under oar which means that the bends or wavy lines were in gold on a red background. On the right-hand side as we enter, on the first bracket from which the vaulting rib springs, is a rather indistinct design. On the sinister of the shield are the original arms of the Moen family of Dunster, a hand habited in maunch grasping a fleur-de-lis, the blank Dexter probably signifies the connection of this family with that of William Brewer by marriage. Alicia, the fourth daughter of the founder of Tor Abbey, married Reginald de Moen, her father's ward, to whom she brought the manor of Tor Brewer, afterwards known as Tor Moen. On the second bracket is an eagle displayed. This has been misinterpreted by Oliver and others as the arms of the Speak family which were two crossbars and a two-headed eagle. It is in reality the seal adopted by John, son of Richard de Moyen, in the reign of Henry III. On the first bracket of the second bay is a shield on which is a cross engrailed. John de Moen III, as he was known to distinguish him from two ancestors, who died in 1330 at the approximate age of 45, changed the ancient arms of the hand bearing the fleur-de-lis to a gold shield with sable cross engrailed. This is the device on this bracket, and was certainly not known before the year 1310. The succeeding John de Moen, last Lord Moen of Dunster, altered the device by cutting the engrailment through, 
making the cross a series of diamonds or lozenges this device is not on the gatehouse and would it is thought undoubtedly have found a place if the gatehouse had been built subsequent to the year thirteen thirty the canons masons seem to have run short of heraldic designs as on the fourth and last bracket they have repeated the three pastoral staves of the abbey arms on the left side of this entrance is only one attempt at decoration on the end bracket a large trefoil the significance of which is not known the keystones in the smaller passage are incised with two circles or wheels of eight spokes the interstices have in the first bay two dagger-like forms three triangles and three blank spaces in the second bay there are two of each incised form and four blank spaces the interpretation of these cabalistic signs is not known they probably had some signification the porter's lodge on the south side occupied the space not appropriated by the entrances on the ground floor of the gatehouse this chamber only seventeen feet by nine feet is lit by two small windows looking east and west through the four feet thick walls a cresset bracket of stone in the wall has the appearance of having been carved a newelled staircase of granite in the southeast tower leads to the upper stories and the roof on the first floor the room owing to the height of the carriageway only extends half the width of the building and measures sixteen feet nine inches by fifteen feet in the south wall there is a fireplace a small stone bracket held the cresset a recess in the north wall formed a cupboard about five feet from the ground in the southwest corner a narrow low doorway led into the turret where a larger doorway now filled with masonry formerly opened into the upper story of the long building adjoining the second floor which extends over the carriageway forms a much larger room a fireplace which had been plastered over once occupied the centre of the north wall a small recess in the south wall four and a half feet from the entrance and four feet four inches from the floor appears to be all the cupboard accommodation the room contained with the possible use of both northwest and southwest corner towers into which small doorways lead on the removal of the ceiling of this room in 1906 some remains of the stucco decoration were revealed above the level of the lath and plaster which shows this chamber to have been of some importance not improbably it was the prior's parlour the prior who was known previous to the year 1294 as decanus or dean kept the keys of the entrances at night and was more directly in charge of the canons and lay brethren than the abbot whose duties frequently necessitated his absence to attend general chapters and other gatherings of the chief dignitaries of the land in the northeast corner of this upper room when the wall was broken through a narrow passage led to the second floor of the main building descending some seven feet by means of a steep staircase this awkward connection between the buildings and the fact that the west wall of the kitchen premises has been carried at least six feet out of true parallel 
in order to meet this northeast corner of the gatehouse show that this building antedates the wing and that in the original plan of the abbey there was no intention of connecting the gatehouse with the main building the design occupies a small place in the bower arms of torquay and is unique among the remaining abbey gateways in this country the forden the material of the adjoining long building has been removed for use elsewhere and there is scarcely any rubble in the soil covering the foundations which lie some two feet under the ground from the dimensions of this building convenience for drainage proximity to the barn for fodder and the necessity for large accommodation for the horses of visitors with their numerous retinue it is conjectured that the lower story was the forden or fold for stabling the floor above would be occupied by the lay brethren who did the menial work of the abbey and looked after the numerous livestock an inventory of titchfield abbey made in the year fourteen twenty mentions forty-eight horses and gives the total number of the quadrupeds owned by the abbey as one thousand four hundred and forty End of section 8